looking from the outside, it's really clear you didn't give yourself time to grieve. Um, two days isn't enough. And no. you've, um, you've thrown yourself into work for yeah. these two years. Again, prime example, once, I under, once we understand your business, understand where you are. It's very rare you have to give me a job spec anymore. They try to push my buttons. They had the police waiting, told the police that I was aggressive and were expecting trouble. But they brought these boys down to push my buttons. Here they go, something's not right. I'm Richard Osborne and this is Drive, the business podcast where I speak to business owners and small business founders about their journeys and the lessons they've learned along the way, helping share this knowledge with you of what makes a small business successful. My guest today is Darren Sharp from SSA. Here is a recruitment agent, somebody I've worked with since 2009 and almost all my own staff within my own organisation have come from. Today we're going to be talking about what makes a good hire and how do you build up a successful team alongside Darren sharing his journey, his ups and downs and what makes him himself a great entrepreneur. This is Darren Sharp. Um, recruitment wasn't your first choice of career. No, so um, I always say recruitment's one of those industries you find yourself in, right? No, no one ever goes to university or goes to college and goes, I want to be a recruiter. It doesn't happen. So no, for me, it was, was actually fitness. So yeah. I used to run fitness centres, set up gyms, um, yeah. PT. I was part of sort of the first doctor's referral scheme that come out, we run that out in Northampton. I used to work with cardiac rehab, getting cardiac patients rehabbed. So yeah, fitness was my my first my first and, and one love, I suppose. It's a real passion. Real passion, yeah, yeah, passionate. That's, you know, that's where I kind of found my my drive. You know, I'll be yeah. completely honest, I'm not very academic. No. But within that, I could strive. You know, I, I did, yeah. did well, you know, everything was, was practical application, you know, and, and I, I kind of find my, found my strength with him yeah. we've, we've been fitness in more, in more ways than one you know I'd done martial arts for years always been into sport and yeah. and it was just a natural and that's straight from like it. college yeah came, came, I, well I actually I actually got qualified as a fitness instructor bang on 16 yeah right so I was one of the youngest in the UK that went for a thing back in the day was NABA yeah. which is like a bodybuilding federation so at 16 I become qualified yeah. still at school because you've got a bit of um, beef I still, about I still, I still, I still, I still try and look after myself. Although it does get harder, Richard, at the moment. It is incredibly hard. Um, Mine's so, just all relaxed. That's a, and it's, a, you know, it's, a, it's a good look. It's, it's a good look. Content. Yeah, it, it, yeah, you carry off very well. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, so that was my first. So at 16, I was at school. Used to work in a gym part-times in the afternoons. Yeah. Then, went to, then went to college. Wasn't sure what I was going to do. And went and did um, sport and Sport and business management. Yeah. And um, progress from there. And you worked your way up through in that career yeah. to a point where you was quite senior and sort of, uh, uh, yeah, I'm reading that literally to the point where you're um, opening up new centres. Yeah, so we, we I, I was lucky. So I, I came in as, as the first influx of staff, believe it or not, relatively local at, at Toaster. Yeah. So Toaster was a bit unique at the time, whilst it was a council run facility. It was all about fitness to the community, right? So they had really good funding. Um, so we got to open their fitness centre, right, from scratch, including building up the equipment, partnerships and stuff like that. And they really invested in it, you know. Yeah. So it was good. So all those years back, opening up Toaster Leisure Centre, that's really going to show my age now if anybody's <laughs> from that area. Um, to them, we, we, they then put more funds into it. 
Yeah. They helped me get qualified. You know, I was running aerobics, I was running aerobics, doing boxer size, all these other different bits and pieces. And then we got introduced to Northampton, um, NH, part of the NHS wanted to do this cardiac rehab, right? There, there, was, there was always a gap in the market where cardiac patients would only get rehabbed to a certain extent. Yeah. And then we'll push to one side and when I say cardiac rehab, that's from stroke to cardiac. So what they used to do, once they'd finished with their physios, they would then refer them to us at Toaster. Yeah. We'd then take them on. I'd then build their program from off the back of what the physio had done in line with their hospital notes and then continue their journey to get fit and, and, and recover. So that was a huge bit. Um, and then we got involved with Nautilus, um, came on board. They're big fitness equipment. And to have something like that in a centre like Toaster was, was unheard of. So we become a centre of excellence for Nautilus. Yeah. Did this whole journey with Nautilus, then we re-equipped Brackley and these bits and pieces. So it was, it was a great, great piece. Yeah. But also uh, my Achilles heel. Yeah. Well, the, the, the picture I'm sort of um, trying to picture is you were building up a really good career, like a top yeah. of a game really, and that in the sort of health and fitness in the area yeah. and making a lot of change and influence in there, that, yeah. that industry. Yeah. Um, but the that had to come to an end yeah quite quite abruptly yeah. so I, I think i mentioned it a minute ago it's fitness was my achilles heel yeah so it, it was very much do as i say not as i do oh. i was over training i was training from six in the morning till seven eight at night so i'd open the gym i'd train yeah. have early morning class i'd train and take it and i'm yeah. i'm sat here with my hands going everywhere i'm very hands-on yeah. and i'm not one to teach from a distance yeah. so I'd get involved in the classes so all I did was train 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 didn't really eat and it come to, come to the end I actually overnight it all but came to an end yeah. I got um, diagnosed with ME so yeah. chronic fatigue syndrome yeah. what I used to call yuppie flu which is ironic because I worked in the gym so I wasn't really <laughs> a yuppie but um, so yeah got diagnosed with with ME right. and um, that journey had to had to stop so I was out of work for a year when I say out of work I was off work for a year, um, all but wheelchair bound. So the, I Good was just about to ask mm. really, so the, um, what the impact for that was for somebody <sighs> who, uh, now I, um, my daughter's got a very physical job that she does. Yep. Uh, and when she has a day off and she's sat in the house, she's like, I need to be yeah. going because that's what it's doing. Yeah. So if this is your life and what you're doing, yeah. uh, and then you receive that diagnosis, yeah, yeah. you just lit, just said that we'll uh, all but wheelchair bound. Like, what is the impact to you for that mo at that so, moment overnight? Do you, do you know what? That moment overnight is more, I know it sounds sad, it's more of a mental impact, right? Yeah. I know I can do all these things. Yeah, I can't do them. And that literally happened overnight. Yeah. I was off, they said I had a virus, so I was on antibiotics. I'd, I'd started feeling a little bit, yeah. what I call when you hit a plateau when you train and you, you become very stagnant, don't make any progress. So I go, okay, I've hit my plateau. I need to mix it up a little bit. Right. Need to change my program, train a bit harder. I was just getting tired. Nothing was working, so I didn't feel right. Yeah. So mum took me to the, <laughs> I've seen a mummy's boy. So mum, mum took mum took mum took me to the to the doctor and said, "Look, you got a virus. Two weeks off antibiotics. 
be fine, don't train. So doing two weeks off, and we always did with the gym and the guys I used to work, we used to do an, an annual trip to Alton Towers. Yeah. Just before I was due to come, I goes, I'll come, Dad. Alton Towers, you'll be all right. I said, oh, the boys, I'm a bit, a bit tired. Now I've come. So went to Alton Towers, drove down, didn't feel 100%. A couple of rides, the boys, I'm, I'm done. Mm-hmm. I was driving and driving, come tired. And literally the start of that kicked in was the boys waking me up on my steering wheel. I slouched on my steering wheel with traffic lights. Gone to red, I've just gone. Head's kind of swelled, so I was taken straight in. They thought it was a bit, thought it was meningitis, because I had sort of similar, where I had a bit of swelling around my head, stuff like that. From that day on, believe it or not, I went through this whole bit, I couldn't get up. I'd get a cup from being super strong. I'm not done done in a bad way, but I I was was fit. I black belt kung fu, I trained. Yeah. Every day, three times a day, I was super fit. Looked after myself. I was, I, I was and I'd get a cup, and my mum would have to put a straw in it so I could drink. Wow. That's the extent they got up to. I could get up a couple of stairs, and then I'm knacked. I have to pull myself up. I'd sleep during the day, light sensitive. Couldn't think. Couldn't it really. So that was that was it. Took a few months to get diagnosed. I was very lucky at the time when I got Emmy chronic fatigue. Yeah. It was relatively new to, med- to medicine. It, it had been about, but very hard to diagnose. Esther Ransom's daughter actually had ME. Right. So she just started being very vocal about it. But her daughter was worse than me. She, she was in hospital a lot and, and you know, a lot more, a lot more severe than me. The doctor that I had when I went to my doctor's was a interim doctor. Right. Part of his dissertation was chronic fatigue syndrome. Right. So I was very, very lucky. He said, look, all the signs lead to. And it, it took, when I was at college, when I said I did my, at 16, mm. I got glandular fever because I was trained. Okay. You're not supposed to train for four to six weeks, two weeks, I was back in the gym training, even though I felt worse. And they reckon that's a big attribute. There's glandular fever, and then there's a chance of getting an ME if you don't overcome it. Sebco had it, a lot of high. They used to call it yuppie flu. It was, yeah. People put a lot of pressure high chief, whether that's you burn the, the, the wick at both ends, yeah. you work hard, you play hard, you train hard, you play hard. You know, it, it, it's, all, it's all associated. So, yeah, so that happened overnight. Right. Managed to get the diagnosis and that was it. But so, yeah, literally a year. Council touch great, looked after me for a year. Mm. got to a stage where it was you need to come back to work and then I think the, the next kick in the in the nuts if you excuse my, my French was the, the council had gone to the doctors and asked for you know where, where do we think they was at and they'd actually sent a letter saying Darren I'll never work again wow so that's what your doc- doctor said doctor to said, council yeah doctor said so gone in so <clears throat> I then went to a hearing at the council again I'm still not well and I, I didn't know this. I presented the letter, saying, look, we've got to the stage now. We need to understand we can't keep you on sick. I don't want to be on sick. No. <clears throat> so I sat there, parents with me. So I'll come in one hour a day. Mm. I'll come in one hour a day. Yeah. Mum used to drive me to do an hour. So come out of that gym next. I said, oh, that's not, I, I will work. I will come back. Yeah. I used to go in one hour, eat, get my diet right. And, and, but it was hard. But I made myself do it. I kind of gradually then built up 
to get back to football, but it was just too much, the, the, the temptation to train and it was tiring. So yeah. I had to, did have to call it quits. Yeah. But certainly weren't going to call it quits on never working again. No. Which is clear because you are. Yeah. Uh, and you're running your own business here. Yeah. But the, um, so that, um, you're, you're forced to make a career change. Yes. At that point. Um, uh, from something which has been all about everything you've been doing. Yeah. Um, what I, I've sort of, with a bit of banter here, the, um, you you follow a career path which is the kind of uh, down a path of the kind of people you just don't want cold calling you all the time. As so if you were to, if we were to sort of pigeonhole like right okay like who who are the people that are just like oh I don't deal with so I you, you, you wasn't a car salesman so no. we can cross that one off no. but um, you then look at estate agents. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, estate agent. So and you know. This, I'm, I'm really unfortunate. Stains gets a bad rap, but recruitment gets a bad rap. I just yeah. seem to be one of those, <laughs> in those in those career pigeonholes that people get a bad rap yeah. for it. But state agency, I mean, father was always, my dad was always in in, yeah. in sales insurance and life policy and stuff like that, right? So looking at a salesy sort of job was a, a kind of natural thing to do. I had a couple of friends that were in a state agency yeah. and enjoying it. I said, look, that we we'll get, why don't you come and try, try this? Yeah. So I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Everything else is gone. So it seems all right. I'll go look at houses. I like houses. Yeah. How I could be. I get to talk to people, get to meet people. A bit like I do in, in, in my daily life within, within the gym game. It's a very personable business, which is the bit that I quite like. Yeah. Um, so let's try it. Yeah. And then I went to, got an interview at Bearstow Eves, got offered and, and started off at their training bits in, in, in Dustin. Yeah. That progressed really quickly. Ended up in Milton Keynes, City Branch, within sort of three months, which evidently is, is good going. Yeah. Um, and then went to a couple of other places, runners, managers, and it, it's, a, it's a if you do it well, yeah. it's a it's a good career. But it has it has a, it has a threshold right yeah. of, of how much you can do. You work weekends, and estates do good estates work hard. Work the weekends. You always got to be in. That's why. That's why. Only time you got to sell seven days a week. Because it's ultimately it's, it's business to consumer, and consumers yeah. are generally busy during the day. Yep. So it's only it's evenings and weekends. So yep. you're going for somebody who um, has ME, and you, you need to mm. be mindful of the um, not burning the wig yep. at both ends. Yeah. To go into that career. Yeah. Uh, is. Um, Long weeks, long days. Yeah. And do you know what? I'd, I'd had that year out and I, I was at the stage where I could manage a day. Yeah. I was, don't get me wrong, I wasn't back training. No. Which is, again, for me, that's a, that's a, that's a mental drain, mm. right? That's a, the, the training is my release. I don't do it to be fit. I don't do, do it to be big. I do it because I need, it helps, keeps me focused, keeps me energised, keeps me... So there was all that, also that battle. But the first thing was to get back to work, right? I was enjoying it, not, and I was getting through that. Lots of rest, lots of things. And it, it was fine. The, the, the ME was kicks in and out, yeah. but I could, I could manage it, and people wouldn't so notice how, as much. <laughs> um, so during this time, the uh, at what point, you know, where's your personal life and your career sort of moving along in that sort of so pers personal life was 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 going well fiance um status he was good as now manager of a 
of a branch was going really well. Um, fiance was hairdresser. Yeah. Um, decided to open her a salon. At the as you can see, yeah, look, I would say Trevor Sorbet's bold. Don't don't judge me. I'm, I'm the person in the back that just floats in and out. You know, I'm, I'm not I'm not like the pinup. Come and have your hair cut here. It doesn't work. Um, so, um, salon managed to open this salon because I was in a state agency. Had some great contacts. Yeah. So I had all my builders that we used to sell the speculative houses to yeah. came in, helped me do bits in the sun, built. You know, did the floorings, did the walls, did skimming, did decorating. So I used my network yeah. and we set up a salon on, on Willie Road that, that was great um, we subsequently split up but this was your first sort of step Business. into yeah uh, yeah so that was what 26 I think yeah. something like that yeah 627 yeah. yeah and the um, and from the uh, well twofold really from um, obviously you just mentioned so you split up yeah. afterwards yeah the, but going into that at the start, uh, was did you have a sort of excitement about you know starting your own business? Yeah, I loved it. Yeah. And it just happened. Yeah. It was like, you know, she'd, she'd left her, her job with um, her salon. She was a good stylist, really good colourist, and she'd do it mobile. Yeah. She was at capacity for mobile. Yeah. So I the salon. Should we? Yeah, let's do it. So work out, get a shop, because I was in a state agency, found a, knew a couple of good units. Managed to get a unit, managed to get a deal on the rent, three months, yeah. three to six months, was it three months rent free, I think we managed to get. Used my builders to spec it. Yeah. They did it out. Yeah. There we were, in. All of a sudden I had a <laughs> 2,000 square foot salon yeah. with eight stations. And the, uh, and the, uh, it's, uh, my wife trained as a uh, hairdresser at college yeah. at, uh, Oh, what was it? College in Luton. I can't remember the name of it now, but so she's a, a qualified hairdresser. She doesn't do my hair now. She's like, go and get it done yourself. I'm not, I haven't done it for years. <laughs> I haven't got the patience for you. Yeah, she hasn't got the patience. Yeah. But the, uh, um, um, it's, you said earlier, use the expression, do as I say, not what I do. Yeah. Um, the, I made the same mistake, but I haven't separated yeah. from uh, Leslie, but yeah. you just mentioned that uh, you did separate. Yeah. Uh, and one of the things that we do see um, so common uh, with people when they're, where they're in relationships um, or friendships and they go into business together is the differentiation of the business um, the to personal. the personal side. Yeah, yeah. And the, I'm going to hazard a guess here that going into that business, they, you, you didn't create sort of partnership contracts or anything no. like that between you because you don't think don't, you don't, that. No, you don't. No. no, you don't. No, you don't. And again, it, it was, I'd set this salon up, right? And it, it was doing really well, but yeah. I was also still a state agent. Yeah. I'd sold my cars and everything else to set up the business, yeah. but I was a state agency. So I'd go in, they'd set up, we'd make sure the shop was good in the morning. I'd finish state agency. There's nothing to do in. If I was on lunch, I'd whip yeah. over in an hour. Yeah do bits in the salon, come back out. Then I go in in the evening, make sure the girl's all right and do. And again, it's, it's kind of, I don't mean disrespectfully to, to anybody else, my, my ex was a very, very good hairdresser. Mm. And that's where it ends. Yeah. No business acumen. No. Wasn't that good with staff. So I was doing all those other bits in the background as well as the state agency and stuff like that. So, and that's where the, the I suppose that drift started to, Started to come, started to come in. 
Yeah, I think, um, I mean, generally that's a business lesson for anybody really yeah. when you're looking at, um, if you, for you, you had a day, you were still doing the estate agency. Yeah. So yeah. you had that throughout the day. But if you go in, if you think about a business uh, where both partners or more are in that business every day, yeah. then you work to your strengths. I'm just thinking back to my wife uh, before we got ma- were we married. No, no, just after we got married uh, or around that time, she opened up a, um, a shop mm. in Toddington, just, uh, just north of Luton. And she sold really bloody expensive teddy bears. <laughs> I okay. say that um, in jest, but she sold mohair bears. Okay. Uh, and they were handmade by local artisans yep. and who would uh, create these uh, bears handmade. Everyone was unique. And they sold for hundreds of pounds. And then she had these really scary porcelain dolls that were like like two, three foot. They were scary. A bit like a Chucky doll. Yeah, sort of thing. But they were like <laughs> amazing. Like rocking horses, things like that. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, and... Her skills are, she's creative. Yes. Uh, so she used to become quite well known in the area for her window displays she'd create. So she, yeah, because yeah. she had a lot of merchandise that she could yep. really make these windows. Like people would come along, take photos of the front of the shop. Yep. And this was like before social, if, if, if we did this today, I mean, social media marketing. It'd be completely different, right? It would. Yeah, yeah. Um, but again, she, it, her focus isn't on the business side of it. Um, so, yeah. The and the it's um, I can relate how it can get frustrating those points yeah. uh, because you're sitting there thinking need to think about this bit need to think about the bit need to watch the numbers and stuff so I, I can relate to those parts yeah but ultimately as you just said it it gets um, racial but can part yeah um, you don't have any shareholders agreement partnership agreement anything how it's going to be handled no, um, no. so it's not all agreed at the outset yeah um, so how does it get resolved. Yes, result. So again, it wasn't far from an amicable split, which is never good, right? Um, I had a house at the time. She put a hold on the house, so I couldn't sell it. She wasn't trying to get money out of that. I have the business. Consequently, as I said, the only plus side was she wasn't really a good business person. So I did my digging around, realised that she'd been spending money left, right, and centre within the business. May mm-hmm. speak to people I know. Got myself off the business for any liability and managed to sign it over as she wanted and keep mm-hmm. and keep my house. Right. So that then sat on last one, probably another six months. Yeah. Very at the helm. And um, and like um, you to coin the term divorce, but eventually it sort of separates. Separated. Yeah. Left her yeah. with the business. I kept the house. Yeah. And you know, never the times you'll meet again. Yeah. So, and again, it is, it is, it is a lesson, you know. And I, I keep making these errors, trust, right, family, relationship, stuff like that. But again, business is business, yeah. and it has to, it has to be treated as a business. Don't get me wrong; you you can have the the family feel to it or the association, yeah. but it still has to be tight. Yeah. Because we never know what's going to happen in the future, right? No, and the and as you you've you've experienced, so as you're trying to, as your journey is taking you towards the next sort of career choice that yeah. has a bit of a bad rap, yeah. The uh, um, you um, you hit another. I was going to say stumbling block, but a bit yeah. of a rocky road. Yeah. Um, but the 
that experience sort of sets you on a path before towards doing things on your own. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that rocky road that sort of takes you from a state agency into uh, recruitment, if I remember yeah, correctly. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, the uh, talk us through that sort of journey. Do you know what I was? Would I just finished that split that split up split up bit? Yeah. Um, and it was, you know, Stacey was still good, still doing okay. And the, the sound was still kind of there. And I got approached by a, a friend that I worked with in the state agency. Yeah. And I'd looked at, you'd seen IT recruitment coming through. Yeah. And um, a couple of ex-estate agents from Northampton that knew my mate had gone to London, been in recruitment for a while, and now set up their own, comp- set up their own recruitment company. Yeah. Said to him, said, right, we need, we like we like estate agencies, right? The synergy is very much the same. Kept that works for me, ex-estate yeah. agent. Yeah. We've got a house, I've got a buyer. I managed to two, right, been doing a property. Yeah. I've got a candidate, I've got a job. I want both of you, right? The, that, yeah. that route to market is exactly the same. So it works quite well. And the, and the hours, consumer driven. <laughs> so the guys have to make calls later on in the evening because people are at work. So, you know, that environment's the same, so they don't have to work weekends. So it's funny you mention that, because literally, just as you say that, because I only see it from the employer yeah, side, yeah. like working hours. Yeah. But the, so when I'm thinking back to your stay agency and I'm thinking, right, before you even mention that, I'm thinking, right, recruitment, you're sort of getting your working hours back to sensible. But no, you're not, are no, you? No. The, because, uh, um, I, it's been a long time since I've been an employee yeah, yeah. looking for a job. Yeah. Funny enough that LinkedIn keeps sending me like job offers. I'm like, you've you, you've got me in the wrong day. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. the yeah, it's um, I've never appreciated that until you literally just said those words. There. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's you know, I think like anything, you know, even you as a as a business owner to be successful, at nothing is nine to five. No, nothing's nine to five. Right, it's what you put in, you get out, right? And, that's, and I think that's the same. It's just within a state agency or recruitment, yeah. it's, it's a given. You have to do it. There is, yeah. there is, no, there is no other way a, around it, you know? Your days, your days basically left prepping for what you're going to do in the evening or the weekends and follow through right. because that's when people can chat and talk. So there's a lot, lot, of, lot of time management with it. So, so, yeah, so just going through the, 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 the piece with the salon, was still kind of that had just started that had just finished I said it was good and I found out said I wanted to come for an interview and funny enough my ME had just kicked in I remember it vividly I was bad I was like I don't, I don't know yeah come for an interview come come tomorrow I said okay went, no okay no I'll do it went to bed got myself made myself up I felt lousy yeah. But I went to this interview, drove myself over, I just want to drive over there. But drove myself over to Stony where their office was, had an interview. I said, look, I've just come out of agency. I said, I'm doing all right in a state agency. I said, I'm at my limit. I said, you know, weren't. I said, look, don't worry about it. We're going to tell you earn what you're earning. A state agency, no worries. You'll recoup your stuff from the salons. You'll be fine. Mm-hmm. I said, like, okay. Time for a change. All that's gone on, let's park it, let's leave it, let's yeah. let's move on. So I took took the leap of faith, yeah. got home, went to bed, felt because I was feeling lousy. <laughs> got a call the next day, let's say, look, come come join us, we'll make it all right. So I took the leap of faith, went and enjoyed those. It was great. Yeah. Like a baptism of fire. <laughs> it was like a state <laughs> agency, except a, a, a level, a level up. Yeah. 
And it was the time, it, it, was, it was a bit of a boom. So it was, it was good times. You know, lastminute.coms were just starting. And the reason, I don't know whether to take this as a good or a bad thing. The reason that they came to me, they, they, they spoke to my friend and said, look, who do you know that's really good with people yeah. in a state agency is switched on, but still a bit of a geezer. Turns that words right. So again, I don't know whether to take that as a bad thing. But it's a bit, bit, but it's a bit, yeah. bit of a lad. So, because at the time, you've got to remember, it's startup era. Yeah. And the, 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 the reason that they said that was, I would be dealing with VCs and founders of like 25, 26-year-old guys. Yeah. So they wanted someone that switched, but could still chat to these guys and, you know, and ultimately build relationships. So I got the yeah, job I because I was, I got I the job it. because I was a geezer, not because I was, <laughs> I was, I was, I was a lad, not because of my yeah. abilities. But lucky enough that that worked really well, built up. We, you know, I started off as, I was like their second employee. Yeah. We built teams up there to 30. I ran the teams. We opened up Manchester. I went up to Manchester, ran Manchester office for 18 months. Yeah. There was three directors. It came to a point where they split up. Got yeah. very, very messy. I was a bit, okay, got to find something else. Old guy from here gone, they'd set up, got offered a partnership there. So I went and we had good times there. But that bit in between, when I joined them, my mum died, unexpectedly. And that was the next kick in the, in the, in the nuts come back off on it. My ME was bad before my, I'd, I'd had about my ME, so I was off for a couple of weeks. And I had a holiday coming up, boy said, look, go on holiday. Mm. It gets sorted out. And I was back and forth, in and out of hospital. Mum's taking me back and forward. She said, um, oh, I was ill last night. So I was just, she goes, yeah, yeah. I said, look, go, I'll, I'll give myself, no, I'll take the hospital, did, did all these bits. Gets to the, said to the doctor, can I go on? Holmes. He said, yeah, do, do you good, that's go away. Mum, last day before hospital again, check before make sure I fly. Oh, I've been bad again. So you're all right, so I won't go. No, go. Went away with my, par with my partner. Phone mum, you all right? Yeah, I'm bad again last night. Dad was back. So oh, your mum's all right. So she's at the doctor's. Mm. Okay. A dream. Said, oh, mum, mum's not well. She's all right. That's says all right. I said, no, something's not, something's not right. Weird thing. I said to, I said to, I said to, Dad picks up from the, someone picks up from the airport. I said, I've written something's, she said, what are you on about? I said, silly. Landed. Mate was there. I goes, are you all right? Yeah, come pick it. I still struggle with this bad dip. <laughs> so yeah, so pick you up. Um, so what was up? Did I nothing? Got there, mum been diagnosed with cancer. We had a, like a week, a week left. So it's like, oh my God, but done. So that was my next kick. ME was bad, that. So I picked myself up, about to work two days later. Did one of my biggest deals. <laughs> Made a prayer and then we went again. So when they split up, um, I'll compose myself now. We then went, worked with other guys over in, we had office over in Wyburn, must be guys we, um, and that was really good, good times. Three of us as directors. Again, usual business mistake. I hadn't learned my lesson. No. Contracts weren't as equal as they should be. I was making the money with the teams. The other two were down the pub, taking more drawings out than me. And it got to that bit where you go, can't do this no more. This isn't, this isn't conducive. You know, I'm starting to dislike you. We're having rounds. 
it's not not good. We've got a great business here, but we all need to drive it, and we we can do really really well. So, just met Deborah, my wife, um, and it was I got offered. A friend used to work with my dad. He's up in Newcastle, and there's a big <coughs> recruitment company up there that does commercial stuff. Yeah. And they wanted to set up an IT. Um, so offered me to come be MD, set up MK. Looking from the outside, it's really clear you didn't give yourself time to grieve. Um, two days isn't enough. And no. you've, um, you've thrown yourself into work for yeah. these two years. Had my dad, my sister, I, I had to, you know, everything goes, goes apart, wasn't it? It wasn't my, wasn't my time to, okay. to grieve. Um, so I'm, I've got a picture in my head mm. of somebody who shouldn't be working every hour God, God sends. Yeah. Um, but is the um, and I, I feel like I know the answer to this but to yeah. ask the you're putting all the effort into this business during this period of time mm-hmm. um, are you are you a director of the company at so the the, I was the director director <coughs> there yeah um, did you have any equity so we got shares but ne- it was never written right so we'd get profit share and we'd split bits up but there was nothing tangible so when you then start to push for it to be tangible at that time when all that was being set up mm. did you understand or know what shares and shareholder agreement or, any, or not, like what not, the again, structure was no because it was it, again it was friends that were and we were doing well and enjoying and yeah. enjoying it but then you start to see the cracks yeah and again learning curve part yeah. of it was I, was I still had loads on yeah. I was only good man we were enjoying it it was good so but, the then you start to get these niggles where stuff's happening. They're going out, yeah, not coming back for a couple of days. And I'm still in, still doing it. They're great guys. Just yeah, uh, I couldn't. <clears throat> we couldn't evolve. No. And it was what, it, and it gets to that bit where it's one time, and, and unless it's done properly, and again that that comes down to their mentalities. If they're happy, going down a pub every afternoon because we're making some money, coming, that's great. But it's got no, it's got no longevity. No. It's got no growth, and that and that that was the bit that was starting to, that was the bit that that was grating. You know, so that that had, that had sort of started to fall apart. I'd had a couple of disagreements with yeah. one of in particular. Um, it starts to get personal then as well because you have no document yeah. that details yeah. how things should contractually yeah. be to fall back on. Yeah, and everybody starts getting defensive. Yeah, and you know, was I took it, I took it personal because it wasn't even about the shares; it was about. You've gone off for two bloody days, been down the pub, done all that, with no regard for me. With yeah. yeah, you want this money, you've just given me a... And I think the finishing point was we put in a £1,000 bar bill. Right. It's it was like, like an expensive claim. Yeah. That's one hell of a night. And then when I look back, <laughs> he'd, he'd been doing that for a while, putting it because he, yeah. he controlled the bank. But I was like, yeah. no, I don't even put in for lunch. No. Let alone... So that's where it started to fall down. And then, as I said, I, I then got approach to do this one with Newcastle. Yeah. It was like, should I? Yeah. Maybe. Okay, I'll take I'll take the risk and do it with Newcastle. Yeah. But to be honest, that what that was probably one of the worst moves I have ever, ever made. One of my steepest, hardest learning curves ever. Why was that? Because I I did get royally mm. humped. So it, it it, from the outside in, it, and there's that old phrase, take the devil's dollar. Yeah. And I took the devil's dollar, right? 
Deborah, my, my wife at the time, she said, just go on your own. Mm. I wasn't, for some reason I wasn't quite, I wasn't there. No. I should have been, but I wasn't. But I was here to have this big safety blanket of 20 million pound company. No. Setting up IT, IBMD, grow, be great. Took me up to Newcastle, took me out to football games. We had the boxes, had everything else. I was with footballers. It was very well known in Newcastle. But as you start to realise, it was not well known for some of the wrong things as well. So I started, I set up, and I've had to come away from my guys, set up MK. We set up in, in, in um, Wolverton, lovely office. They were, we were driving it, building it, took a couple of teams on. There was what, five of us when we first started, we managed to get five on. Um, and it's different to commercial, right? Where you're getting 20 pence an hour, you're doing weekly timesheets, right? You can all of a sudden, you can throw 100 people on site and it's there. It takes three months to build up a pipeline in, in IT. Yeah. Which pipeline does that? This same, okay, good, 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 good. Great. Deborah's pregnant with, with Alf. Um, when your baby comes, you get your first baby, we're going to look after the Great. Still building. Where's my share things? Where's my share orders? Yeah, it's coming, that's with, it's with, with the, with the accounts. Okay, good. Share's coming. Yeah, yeah, it's coming. Yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, we're really quiet. Built this business, building well, all clients come over, great. But it gone quiet. What's going on? Yeah, pressure coming in, but no one's speaking. Mm -hmm. Okay, something's not something's not quite right. Come into the office one morning, they're there, in the office. Two big old boys from Newcastle as well. All right, boys. Come down, that's your out. What do you mean? Time to part ways. Okay. Two big boys come up. You got anything to say? No, I got nothing to say. Wow. They're trying to push my buttons. They had the police waiting. Told the police that I was aggressive and were expecting trouble. But they brought these boys down to push my buttons. You know, you go, something's not right. Yeah. What are you going to do, Dad? <laughs> nothing. Sure? Yeah. They're nice. I look, come on. We're sort of say amicably good. Always another boy. Boys, stay away. We got two, and they just kept pushing. It's only later on I found, but they, they told the staff to stay away from the office. Planned all this out. Wow. Mad. Proper. <laughs> if I don't say, it's proper mad. Really, 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 <laughs> really, really mad. So they've done it, take the business, pay me off, add an IT recruitment business. Like, it's, I mean, obviously, but it's like, from where you you've got a child on the way so a child Alfie, Alfie at this time had been born right been six, born. So six months old now Alfie. six months old so six you months have, old. You're, you're in a stage with the family now yep um, you think you're going into partnership with um, equity yep um, and the I, I think I feel there becomes a point at some point where a, a penny drops but you've done this without Shareholders agreements or yeah. So what it was, you, you'll get your six months. Yeah. We prove it's all all good. You know, yeah. get your money. It's fine. Then at six months, but your your um, as in your probation ends, you'll you'll start to get. We'll, we'll get your share sorted out and everything will be done. And that's when I started pushing. Where's my shares? Where's that? And What's then that? you're asked to leave, um, without any notice or anything. So the um, so your wife suggested before this, like, why don't you go out on your own? Yeah. <clears throat> yep. Um, 
the you're in a situation now uh, where at that point your income literally stops. Yep. Um, the what's your next move? Next move, phone Deborah. <laughs> Come pick me up. Yeah. Come pick me up. And these boys are still provoking. Yeah. And I've had to walk away. Yeah. Um, and that's not honestly. If I told you what they did, you would not believe it. Put it this way, right? They phoned me up a week earlier. Yeah. Told me my car. I'd left my car in Newcastle. It'd been nicked from the car park. Huh. You pulled it to insurance. What they done? They'd nicked it, burnt it out. So on the day they come down, told the insurance I made a fraudulent claim. It'd been nicked, da 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 da. They come down, told me it'd been burnt out. Now what are you gonna do? By the way, we got rid of your car. So, okay. <laughs> you know, you go, I, I'm, I could be a bit fiery sometimes, yeah. but that's what they wanted. Mm. You know, you go, Some, something's not right. This can't be. This yeah. can't be right, I've got these two big boys. Yeah. Keep coming over my shoulder. Keeps tugging. And now, this bit about the car. Sometimes I've just got to, I've got to work out how to get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> just, and get out with my, my, my sanity. So yeah. that, no job, no car. Yeah. Tried to make a claim, said, can't claim. Been told that it's a fraudulent claim. As soon as they mentioned that, you try and get your insurance. Yeah. Won't happen. I wasn't there, I wasn't in Newcastle, it's not. No, 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 no. Yeah. Right, so it cost me my car. So all this finance, no monies. So again, sat there, upset for a day. Yeah. They'd kick me up the arse next morning, said, right, now go downstairs, go make some money. Yeah. But then I went back room. And so, so SSA is born. Yeah, literally there and then. Literally there and then with 24 hours, yeah. Yeah. And I've got young baby, yeah. you know, um, and I can't, I can't physically fight them, but no, no one's going to knock me down. No. I'm going to um, get back out. I'm going to come back fighting. And this is my way of getting back up and fighting. They'd gone already to all my clients. They told my clients I'd been arrested for fraud. I was in, I got emails to my clients telling them I was in prison. That's how stupid these guys were. It was only the next day, a few clients were trying to phone me. I go, are you all right? Yeah, we've been told, the actual, we've been told you're in prison. Well, unless I've got in prison with a phone tucked in somewhere, I've answered my phone. So we knew. Yeah. They'd sent that. So then, so then looked at fighting that court case, went through that, spent more money on that to get my monies out to prove it all. But it's hard, right? All of this is hard. Run my, run my tribunal hearing, but then you've got to get to pay the money. Never, he never even turned up to tribunal. Yeah, paid money, they got employed things, didn't happen. Trying to get my car, went to court, went to barristers, hard as. So I was left with 75 grand debt, no money. Six, six month old baby. Let's go. Yeah. And yeah. sometimes we, I know it sounds silly, Richard, right? Sometimes these things are a blessing, right? I would, I, I would never want anybody to go through that, right? No. Because it, 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 that stress could break a lot of people, break a relationship. Lucky enough, my relationship was good, and Deb was, you know, is strong as well. But you come back fighting, and sometimes we need a little pressure mm. and a push. In the, don't get me wrong; I never want that push again. But that was the that was the drive to then say, "Man, this ain't happening again." You got n news regarding your son Alfie that yeah. I can't even relate to. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
What happened? Um, Alfie got out of the blue, had a full-blown epileptic seizure, yeah. but a bad one. Yeah. Uh, we got a call from his school saying, can you get it quickly? Ambulance are working on him. Yeah. Um, and worked on him for quite a while. So the, the, it turns out the natures of, of his seizures are ones that may not happen all the time. But when they do happen, it's touch and go, whether or not what what after that you'll get out of it, right? So without putting too too fine a point on it. So Rust Air School, and that was that was the start of now of a new of a, of a new journey. So come out of the hospital, did that, it fine, put it down, hospital tests. So lad one fit. Be, be okay. If it doesn't have any more, we're just gonna assess it. Happened again. Same thing, hospital, working on him, resuscitated him. So then it, it then gets to this next stage. Now look at it. And this is where we found out the fits that he has is a bad, um, but couldn't understand why. Had a little bit of delayed, a little bit of delayed learning. But what it, what we found out is he may have been having these fits in his sleep. We've not known, we've been very lucky. In the meantime, he's been killing off his brain cells. So it's attacking the rear quarter of his brain. Would have been a matter of time before a fit could have killed him. But on that time, every time it kills, the, the, it would have been a matter of time before he lost his sight, lost his left hand side of his body. You know, so we're in a situation where we're very lucky. Only 75 people get into this. Um, get into this scheme, which is with uh, Bristol, it's the head neurosurgeon for paediatrics, um, for the kids. And we went through this journey, having fits nearly every day. All of this going on and happening, and the bit of really coming out of it, to then having, we, we need to do brain surgery. We're gonna have to remove rear quarter of his brain. It's a big op. There's a chance that he may not come out of it. Best case scenario, we're probably going to lose his sight, left hand side of his body. But hopefully we'll control the fits and get rid of that. So what do you want to do? So a lot of back and forth, a lot of soul searching. Alf loves his sport. Mm -hmm. So don't much that's me, look quicker, loves he loves his sport wasn't academic. So you have this thing, do I take, all intensive purpose, I thought he was gonna lose the left hand side of his body. That's best case. Not gonna be able to do his sport, gonna take all this stuff away, gonna stop him being a kid. Because he, he loves football. Yeah. So cricket is his thing, cricket. Loves he loves any sport, yeah. right? Loves his martial arts, loves it. And to be honest, part of all of these things that we did with the sports and pushing him, whilst it was always hard, these are the bits that helped him remap his brain and it kept him on form. So I was going to take all this away. Mm. So do I, do you, I know it sounds really weird, do, do you let your child be a child and enjoy it? Or do you potentially take it all away and give him a lesser, a lesser life? Does that yeah. make sense? And it's a, it's a really bizarre thing, but it, it comes down to, they're, they're, you know, to talk to the family and, and you have to do what's 
right, right, and hope that mm. we're doing the right, the right thing for him. So we agreed to have the operation. It happened quickly. Um, so look, we can't really wait too long. It was in the February. We'd gone for Christmas talking about this. Jan, come back in for the appointment. Right, case getting worse. We need to do it. Can you give us an answer? This was like a Wednesday on a Friday. Okay, now we need to have some proper conversations. In the meantime, you know, I've been out of work here, there, we've been down to Bristol doing his tests. I'd bang on the dot probably 9, 30, 10 o'clock every day and have a seizure. So I'd come out of work, be at a hospital, be somewhere. So, it, you know, that, that balance with that meant... It's, How do you, it's I was say, because you've... The, the reason, reason I sort of, um, sort of brought, you know, brought mm. the subject in is the point when you're running a business is the, um, <clears throat> it doesn't compare no. at all. But to, to give an example, when Leslie's mum passed away, yeah. we were speaking to her, she was around her house um, New Year's Day. Yeah. Uh, she'd come round and she'd had a rough night's sleep. Yeah. She went home and she had collapsed from a brain hemorrhage that night, uh, literally that afternoon. Yeah, yeah. We got a phone call from her dad, like, hours later. Yeah. Um, I was, had two, two members of staff, so some, small, business was really small at that point, mm. um, and I was, couldn't, I, I was trying to look after my wife. I, it impacted me. Everything was going on. I'm looking after business, and then I just went into work one day, and... One of my members of staff who now runs her own business, and mm. left, but she broke down into tears, said, my mum's in hospital. And it hit me like I'd been out of work just for a few days. Yeah. <clears throat> but she had been trying to hold, deal with the business for a couple of days. Yeah. Um, and it's not her business. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the, I, I just had to deal with, I told her to leave straight away. I said, you go be with your mum. Yeah, yeah. And she said, but what are you, and I said, this is my problem. And I just had to just work. And unfortunately, um, there is there, there there is no other way. Yeah. There is no other there is no other way out of it, you know. Yeah. And I suppose a bit like when my 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 mum died, mm. you you have to do things because other people rely on you know. My dad fell apart. My sister fell apart. There's mm. stuff that had to be done. No mm. doubt to me. Now with, with this, Debs is in that day to day because she's at home yeah. with Alf, right? She struggles struggled with it. I've got to deal with it. I've got to deal with work because that's our income. I have to find a way to yeah. deal with it. And I, I suppose part of it, I'm, I'm, I'm lucky. I say I'm lucky. It's a, it's a curse. I can put things in a box mm. and not deal with them. But that also means I can't really speak about it. I.e. But then as we just found out about <laughs> my mum, I find it, I find it hard because I, I lock it in a box and it's fine because I, I can then deal with everything else I need to deal with. I don't need to deal with that until I until we have to I deal have to, with things and, at some point until sure until, I, until I have to open the box. In the, in the meantime, it's all right in there. Mm. You know, if I was just day to day event, do that, do that. I just go, I'll see if it's I'll go back to work. Mm. Like we're here, what we're doing, you know. And that, that was it was tough, you know. With, as 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 a business, we're we're, we're close, you know, Kevin stuff like that. It, it affected them as well, which you don't. Realise, you know, I don't know Alfie. You know, they, they know, yeah. you know, he's in the office. They, you know, they've been with me a while, so that affected them as well. Yeah. But it's tough. So the business was. I wasn't on. Whilst I was in the business, I wasn't mentally in the business as much as you start to see things slip, and it's tough. But Alf had his 
got that bit on the they would decide to do the op on the Monday I'd I'd set up he was just getting ready to do his purple belt for karate mm. so they set up his grading on the Sunday before he went down Monday so he could get his yeah see if he could get his belt so pass because that could be the last belt so I did that watched him grade on his own yeah. sat down Born. So I don't know if he's going to come back. So I've set up all these things. Had his last cricket training session on a Saturday. All the boys are there, all right, good. Alf doesn't know no different. Just kind of have his up. Yeah. Goodbye, Alf. Da, 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 da. Had his last, what could be, his last game of cricket with his boys. His last thing. Had he drove down Monday morning. Had his, got his up, got his. And he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a fighter. He's going to get ready for his op. He's undisturbed, coming in the morning. And the nurse phone, she goes, he's, he's doing press-ups. <laughs> and she goes, why are you doing that? She goes, my dad told me I need to be strong. Wow. Dad told me I need to be strong and fit. So I walked, in, walked down the op with him. And he, he didn't want to go to chair, walked down. Put it down, so and that was that. Was that. So. 12 hours under, walk around Bristol, probably longest 12 hours of your life. You go back and then at least this comes out. It's gonna be a bit longer. Don't worry, but be a bit longer. So what, 14, 15 hours, I think. Then come out to recess, the idea was, so I'd, I'd got an apartment in Bristol. The idea was when he had his op, it'd take us six months rehab yeah. to get out. So we'd got an apartment in Bristol, my life was gonna be split between Bristol and office in Northampton, um, waiting for them to come out. They said, um, don't expect anything, we might get him for two weeks. So he's going into intensive care now, come see him, breathing through. Someone goes, what's next? Doctor looks at Debs, goes, will do me. There's uh, all, all thingied up. They're all sober. You know what I mean? Doctors, take that. Kids should be in a coma, should be comatose for two weeks. Did that, then he woke up. Yeah. Nurse goes, you alright? She goes, kick, kick, your leg. Did a front kick. Doctor goes, Mr. Sharp. Fuck. Can't explain it, so we don't know what we're left with yet. He said, but I'm real. Take that. We'll take that, right? So instead of two weeks intensive care, come out in 24 hours. Wow. Gets through. Definitely a strong fight. Right, so we've got all these, but again, we don't know what we're left with, right? So there's all these horrible things. But instead of six months, we was out in two weeks, Richard. Two weeks he come out, he passed all his physio in two weeks. So what we've, what we've been left with, lost, left-hand sight, that's, you know, and I'll take that. Yeah. Real caught his brain disconnected. So, it, it, you know, he had to learn to, he should have had to learn to speak and, and reconnect and do all these bits. Speech is there, but it, again, speech is still a bit broken, but it's getting there. Mm-hmm. So he's always making progress. And he come back and we hit COVID <laughs> six months later. So business is rocky as hell. Foots off the ball, then COVID, 
good time. Yeah. Good time. But we worked through it. Alf's up and about. Like I said, we, you know, we, they'd have all the other issues of his learning and that laid. But I'll take that. Yeah. We'll get that up. He's always making progress. But that's hard times. I've seen pictures with his kit on and stuff now. He's yeah, it's a place, County Disabilities Cricket. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's good. He's good. But as a dad, it's a hard... It's still hard to to take yeah. that you know your son's disabilities team and has to go to a send school and it's you know what I mean that that would break your heart because of what he what could have yeah. but you can never dwell on what could have been no. so you know we always say we 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 live where we are today and we we keep pushing unfortunately he's fit to come back yeah. but we're trying to control them now so that's a bit of a curveball but that's it's another part of our story. It's another part of our story. My boy's still healthy and enjoying life. Has that experience changed your relationship with work and the business? No. So I, I suppose the, the bit that changed is that I realised that I actually wasn't in the business during this, this, this time, really, yeah. as much as I, I should have been mentally. Right? It's, changed, it's changed the fact of where we are now today, and it's only recently that this is that this has just sort of kicked in as a as a, as a factor. You know, I suppose to a certain extent we, we we were when we've looked at it. I did that bit. I put it in a box. Dealt with Deborah. Deborah, Deborah you know, Deborah needed support. It turned out we had like PTSD. Deal with all this trauma, right? I'm trying to do everything day to day, but I'm I'm, I'm trying to deal with my boy, but I'm putting it in my putting it in my box. Yeah. Oh, you deal, oh, you deal. And then all of a sudden it kicks you up the backside mm. from nowhere. Everything comes in. And this is where, I suppose, time and mental health, these bits and pieces, COVID kicks in. And we had more time. And then you, when you have more time, you think more. So COVID was a bad, bad period for us from a mental health perspective. And it turns out all these thoughts are coming through because you, you're not busy enough to... To deal with, them. and they have to come out at some stage. Richard, you're, yeah, you're, yeah, you're yeah. right; they do. So I suppose for me now is 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 now to rebuild the business. But I need to put in. The business can't be me. No. It can't be me. It's not business. I have to have a management structure that can step up and look after and do all these bits. I have to make sure that all the procedures are in place. My playbooks are done. You know. So this, I suppose, this is the bit. Better late than never. I suppose. Richard kick out the bum that a business isn't just about me. And I've, I've always known that, but it's only when you pressure test it, which you never want to do. <laughs> and when you pressure test it, it's too bloody late in business, right? We're lucky, we're, you know, we're, we'll, we'll, ride, we'll ride the storm. But you, you then realise, okay, now I've got to change how the business looks and, looks and feels. Well, um, that's probably a, a good opportunity to really sort of pick into some of your sort of 14 plus mm. years of working in recruitment and that because yeah. when you're looking you the you've had a lot of learning experiences uh, in the early years yeah. and then you've had um, a few kicks and rocky roads along mm. there that you've picked up from and the point where you just described there where the business can't just be you yeah the um it's it's a journey I've been on uh, for a few years, building up and saying that like, the business can't just be me. 
uh, and you're on that journey yourself now. Yeah. So how do you go about looking for the right kind of people for these roles? For our roles, again, this comes down to market knowledge. Okay, You can only do something with yeah. market knowledge, Okay, especially within IT and tech, right? Yeah. It's all about communities, networks, and everything else. You know, tech, tech's a, a great business to be in, but it's a tough business to deal with people in, yeah. to a certain extent, right? So, you know, for us to, to go out and find these guys, one, we've got to know what we're looking for. Yeah. And that's not just the skill set, mm. because not everybody puts a skill set on their CV. I have to understand, or people have to understand the environments that people are working. If they're doing A, B, and C, that means they're doing X, Y, and Z. Doesn't say it on their CV, but by default, from what I've read in the CV, there's a good chance that they're gonna be doing this part of development. Yeah. That's how you then start to find your talent and build it up. I can't just go on, you know that time on adage, you know, here's a PHP, but yeah, it's not right for me. What he is, he's got PHP. Hmm. I know, but there's nothing, wrong frameworks, it's not what we do. Yeah. You know, a developer's not just a developer that, that fits everybody's box, yeah. yeah? It's about projects and everything else, and I'm using development as a, as a, as a, as, a yeah. Yeah. as an example. But there's, um, there's something else. Um, it's not just um, the understanding the wider scope of the technical skills. So no. what you just described that is, um, that's I'm the leading the question. This, that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's the base, right? Yeah. Then comes down to, you know, I'm, I'm very fortunate. And, you know, one of the great things I get from recruitment is, is I build up relationships like this yeah. over years, right? Yeah. I know, you know, the environments that people are coming into. Then it comes down to personalities. Yeah. And I know, and, and soft skills, right? And that's, that's the biggest in, in my in my mind it's, it's the biggest key yeah. I could have the best developer in the world that has every skill set that you want and some yeah. that can involve your team involve your build no matter what if he doesn't fit in your organisation yeah. culturally and I implant him into that seat he will be the worst hire that you will ever have worst hire you'll ever have you know? the, um, whenever somebody comes through me themselves, there's a very high probability that they're the right fit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's taken effort and imp uh, from your part of Agreed. getting to know Agreed. me as a person yeah, yeah. and the culture of the organisation yeah. I lead. Yeah. Um, but that's not that doesn't have to be just for recruitment. But this is where I was this leading is, with where yeah, this is. This is all. This comes down to being consultancy, right? I, yeah. You know, take take recruitment out of the mix, right? As soon as you mention recruitment, it gets that bad rap, right? <laughs> but, you know, it should be a consultative yeah. approach. It's what we do. We build up relationships. It's the only way that we can work with you successfully. Mm. And I'm going to use Jeremiah sat, sat behind me, that when we sell an opportunity, mm. that it's right for the candidate, you know? Yeah. I suppose Jeremiah is enjoying his time here. Yeah. It is what I right, sold. Yeah. <laughs> it is it is it is it is what we sold him. Yeah. That's what it should be. If we don't sell that, we're getting people knocking on the doors because they've left after three months because it's not right. They've taken more money. It's you know. And it's and this also comes down to there has to be some understanding on clients' side as well. We're starting to work with a client. Yeah. There's a reason I want to come and meet you. I'm not doing it for the sake of doing it. Yeah. 
I'm doing it because I want to be successful within your organisation. We want to be a trusted talent partner. And to do that, I have to understand you. I have to understand your team mm -hmm. to get the right fit because it's never about skill sets. I'll take someone with 60% of skill sets and the right mentality. Yeah. It's the right candidate over someone with 99% but has to work in a darkened corner and doesn't want... Do you know what it's... So why, um, we, I get that, yep. otherwise, say, we wouldn't have been working together for so long. Yeah, yeah. And, the, and I appreciate that. Yes. And not, uh, pr pretty much every company we work with, we built a relationship yes. up. Um, as a company, we're very loyal to the companies we work with. Yeah. And I always say, I want to be the customer, you know, when, if, you've, if you've got to do a task for yep. us, uh, I want us to be the customer you want to work with. And I've exactly. used that expression with, other companies we work with. The, so, preaching to the converted, mm. why do you feel in your industry in recruitment it has a bad rap and why p people would be reluctant to have that meeting, get yep. close to the recruitment yep. uh, partner, let's say, a recruitment company to work with? I think because those waters are already muddied yeah. and recruitment gets a bad rap. Why do people want to recruit? And again, this, this is all part of an educational thing, yeah? And we say to, to do a successful hire or recruitment, right? It takes time and, and dedication. You can't do it half-heartedly. Yeah. But the guy, I haven't, I haven't got time to see you. Yeah, but you need to hire. This is an important hire. Yeah. You haven't got time to see me. Have you got time to interview? Oh, well, you know, you need to make time. It's important. Yeah. It can make or break a project. It can make and break a culture. It's important. So we're not doing it just to get in to come and see you. We want, we want to be a, a talent partner. And you forget, you know, the reason it gets bad raps, you've got agencies that are just firing CVs into hiring managers, hoping they're going to get a foot in the door. Oh, by the way, if you ever interview him, I'm going to sting you 20% on terms and conditions I'm going to do. That old school, yeah. there's no, you know, I, I, can, I can fire in a CV and hope I get some engagement. But the only way I'm successful from there is to build up that relationship and understand. We want to be the trusted partner. You know, again, prime example, once, I under, once we understand your business, understand where you are, it's very rare you have to give me a job spec anymore. Yeah. Because I understand what you need, unless it's a new project. Yeah. But we've still got frameworks of where we are, so we take all that pain away. Yeah. And make it easy. But we can only do that if we can... that. Time order, partner, right? Yeah. Recruitment should be a partnership because we're making a hire and we're representing you. This is what these people need to, you know, or, 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 or hire managers, talent managers need to understand. If you get a good agency, it is about partnering. Because yeah. I'm going out there and I want to sell your business in the best light. If I go out and sell and your recruitment process is broken, it makes me look bad and it makes the organisation look bad. Uh, you know, Darren pulled forward from SSA. First of all, I go, Darren pulled me forward from SSA. It's always us, we're at the forefront because <laughs> we're dealing with it. Oh, yeah, and I went to see the group, and it's, but I didn't get an interview. Two weeks took him to come back for an interview, and then he was busy, and he was on holiday, and he decided he's pulled the role. Yeah. All of a sudden, I look bad, you look bad. Markets become very tight and very small, people talk, and you'll be surprised the amount of times we'll go out to develop and go, oh, I've got this opportunity. I, I, I know someone interviewed for them. Yeah, no, I wouldn't go there. No, no, yeah. look, 
<laughs> make your own mind up. Let me tell you about this. This experience has changed. This is where, if we manage the process, right, the processes should be, it should be taken as a job recruitment, should be. Yeah. I see it the same as uh, after the hire, though. Um, well, actually, not even just after the hire, because as you know, people who have worked for me have gone from one role yes. to the next. And, yeah. and the, I'm a firm believer in investing the time uh, and sometimes you can't. Sometimes things are happening and you're literally bouncing off the walls mm. and stretched from pillar to post. We get that. Uh, but the, uh, you put the time in to settle the person into the role, train them, <coughs> uh, and productivity takes a hit. And I love the, um, um, the uh, analogy of sharpening the saw. I uh, want to use um, sort of seven successful habits of you're, you're too busy uh, cutting the tree down. You haven't got time to sharpen the saw. And yeah. um, whereas if you took that time, in fact, I've just had one of these this conversations <laughs> with one of my um, uh, management team uh, just a few weeks ago. Yeah. Um, you take the time to sharpen the saw. Yeah. Um, you feel like you're doing nothing. You feel like you're making no progress yeah. at that point. But then once the saw is sharp, once you've invested that time in that person, the, um, suddenly everything becomes a lot easier yes. and progress is made. Yes, yes. Yeah. And, that's, and this goes back to me building, building, building my network yeah. or building, my, building my, um, my foundations of the company. Yeah. I'm too busy sawing down a tree. To actually, <laughs> at the moment, I'm using like a bet butter knife. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So I, yeah, I need to take step you need back. to take sharp Yeah, it's going to take a long time to sharpen that saw, Richard. But it, you know, it'll be worth it. It'll be worth it in the end. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, we, you know, the, the whole idea is is, is about partnering with organisations that, that want growth. It's an important part, you know. Yeah. And that's the only way. To, in in my mind, it's the only way that we can be successful. You know, all of this stuff. You know, silly little things like I need to chat to the hiring manager. Can't chat to him, man. I he's he's hiring. There's no. I just need to understand him, hmm. and that could be his thought pattern, his thing. You know, yeah. job specs fine, but it's just yeah. it's just a document. It's not what I get when I speak to him. This is going to happen. Okay, now these are key points. These are sell points, and these also then start to build up this environment that I'm selling for people to go into. They're the key to success for a successful placement. Yeah. And it's like, now, now we do a good job. That's the only reason I want to chat to your hiring manager. <laughs> do you know what I mean? You've still got to pay my bill. I've still got to come through you. Yeah. I'm not cutting. Just let me chat. I, I need to understand these things. So if we can build up that partnership, that, that's when recruitment works best. Yeah. And that's when it is consultative. That's when it does happen. We can look at something we can give, you know, we, we can give ideas and suggestions. You know, we, 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 we've had projects where you go, I need this urgently, what can we do? Okay, well, look, if we look permanent, it's going to take X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Our security guy that time, yeah. get contractors, use that, and we get that, plug the gap. Yeah. And we'll come up with a solution. We're not there to just give you a member of staff. Yeah. We're there to give you a solution on how to obtain talent for one specific project, reason, you know, whatever that may be. And it's never just, it could be permanent, it could be contract, it could be a mix of things that we're having to do to get it right. We could plug it with a contractor that goes then on to permit, or we plug it with a contractor and then we, we've got the permit coming in, the permit comes in, it's not right, but then we've got more resource that needs to come in. And be, but that's all based over the understanding and the that we chat. knowing the wider That picture. we chat. Yeah. And that's why it's important. So the, um, going back to mm. SSA, yes. SSR, the, 
we've um, we've established your your relationship with the company yes. um, has changed through the experience, yes. but it's moved you to a, your mindset to a stage of building up the management of the company, the yeah. team, yeah. Um, and it's put more. It has for me what I'm doing. I can totally relate. It puts more fire in your belly. That's it. We're on to a project now. We're going. Yes. We're, we're going for growth. The um, where do you see the future? Where do I see the future? So I'm still having this conversation with myself yeah. as, <laughs> as, as we speak, because lots has happened. This is probably the first time that I feel that my head's clear yeah. to now start to define what the future looks like. I know it doesn't look like it does now, yeah. right? For me, foundation, mm. growth, out in five to 10. Yeah. That's where it needs to be. Yeah. Now, how the bits in between that work, is, you know, You've got your end goal and now you're breaking yes, it down. Yes, now I'm breaking it down into stages. My first stage without, I, and again, you, I don't know whether you've, you've ever done that. I, I, I get guilty of, of kind of, I think we're good. Then something comes on, I go, don't, I've got to throw me in that. And I forgot about this build again, you know? So <laughs> nothing else can happen <laughs> until, <laughs> until this is done. I can't get excited about something else. I tell you, having shareholders and a board of directors is very good at keeping yes. me focused and not getting distracted by shiny things. Yeah, yeah. It's and in my nature to like, ooh. But yeah. And part, part of that for me, I suppose, is I'm always worried to ask for help, yeah. right? And I partly come to realise that, that there is stages, you know, what I've, we've been through recently and, you know, the, the strain has taken mentally that I, sh that I do need to ask for help. Mm. Right, within my network of friends, or whatever. So part of that's probably going to lead me to a Ned. Yeah. Um, just to help. Yeah. You know, you have your shareholders stuff like that where you, they'll give you guidance and stuff like that. And and I, th I think probably I'm at that stage now where I need a Ned, yeah. just to. I'll, um, I'm a big advocate. Help me see the wood from the tree. The, uh, I always had this perception of uh, NED, and non-exec directors for anybody not understanding the acronym, but yes. it's the, for, for me, I'm a big advocate. I never used to be. Yeah. If you, if you go back to the younger myself, I'd be like, oh, God, yeah. But, the, uh, but actually, uh, I wouldn't be where I am doing what I'm doing, and uh, I wouldn't have made um, many of the, what have been, turned out to be really good decisions yeah. if it weren't for them uh, and me being accountable to them and them sort of just... Um, thought about once a quarter just run me what why yeah it's, I, think, it's, it's, I think accountability is sometimes key yeah it you is know? accountability is key it's like I, I went through years of not having I wouldn't have a personal trainer no I don't know any more than me no. and a lot of, there is a lot of crappy ones out there <laughs> but I found one that was good yeah and it's the accountability and he was on the same wave again it's, it's a bit like me finding the right person for recruitment right I found yeah. the right PT yeah. the same way as, as, as me knew what my end goal was knew that I did my martial arts knew that it needed to be dynamic associate with and to have that accountability mm. helped me yeah. it's the same sort of in that and it's, it is it is a it's a growing phase I can't yeah. my, my, my wife's going to be shocked she is I'm, I might be growing up all of a sudden <laughs> but um, I, I think for me is is also looking at that Ned route just for one accountability, and two, I, I, I think you, you need to see someone with fresh eyes. I've been here for a while doing the same mm -hmm. thing. It's, it's gotta, I need to. 
Mm. Have someone that can guide me and, and help me. And the just to sort of sort of wrap up, mm. if you if there was a TARDIS in front of you, you could go back yep. um, twenty years, yes. twenty five years to your younger self. Yeah. With the knowledge you've got now, what sort of bits of advice, three bits of advice or things you would say to your younger self? Stay in your lane. Yeah. Don't let people, you know, when I say stay in your lane, don't let these people try and distract you and yeah. pull you off your target. There's a lot of people that will take great pleasure in making you come off the rails, unbeknown to you. Yeah. So stay in your lane. Don't let that happen. Um, next, I suppose, next bit, circles. Keep your circles yeah. tight and keep evolving your circles. Yeah. You know, This is your relationships. Relationships and stuff yeah. like that, right? Yeah. Because again, you need to be surrounded. This goes back to Ned's and stuff like that. You know, I always enjoy our talks and sitting down. Because, you know, when you when you open up a business or you have your own business, mm. people that don't have a business won't understand the things that you go through day to day. Mm. Most of the people that you'll chat to go, that's right for you, isn't it? Got your own business. Mm. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's far from, it's far from that, you know? Mm. So circles and network is important. And put yourself out there, you know. Yeah. I've, again, I, I was only saying to Debbie the other day as we were looking at all of this, you know, I, I actually work best and I've forgotten that due to COVID and all that's gone on. Mm. I'm best when I'm out there. Yeah. We do best when we network and we're, we're with the right people. Yeah. And we get out and we push ourselves. That's, that's key, that's important. Yeah. And I suppose that part of it is, my, my biggest battle and still is today, is to, is to have belief in your, belief in yourself. Yeah. I've always gone forward. Yeah. There's always that bit, should I be doing this? Should I be doing this? There's always that, const that constant battle, you know? So it is, believe that you're, you're, you're good. Yeah. And there's, there's that bit been going, that arrogance of, okay, I'm not good. But there's that, there's that other bit where, am I? Yeah. Am I really good? Yeah. And we're gonna, just, if you trust the process. Yeah. No. I suppose they'll be my three bits. No, really. Um, Thank you for coming in and sharing the Thank journey you. you've been on. Um, there's um, been some tough parts. Apologies about that as well, no, by the way. No, it's, it's, as and part. The, and the, not just the, um, the, the tough aspects, but I'm a firm believer. Uh, the, when I look back at my own life from like teen, younger years to now, yeah. and often and think, would I change anything? And it's easy to look back and think, uh, would I change anything? And there's some parts you absolutely, you know, you said absolutely would, but they shape who you are. Agree. And um, and now the the journey you're on and where you are now, the it's inspiring to hear Thank a lot you. of uh, great parts for people to pick up from your own experiences to share. Thank you for coming in. Thank you for listening to this episode of Drive. I hope you found it insightful and useful. But before I go. Have a look at the app you're listening to this podcast on. See that follow button, give it a press, and you'll be notified of all future episodes as they come out. It also helps us understand where most of our followers are and where to really be pushing this podcast to.